0: Welcome to another fabulous episode of Retro Vaniacs. As always, I'm Jeremy Parmentier here with Billy Holiday. Hello. And Jeremy Gregory. <laughs> hey, guys. And uh, this week we've taken another listener request. We're going to get into Golgo 13 top secret episode for the Nintendo Entertainment System. But before we do that, Billy, what have you been playing since the last time?
1: Well, I, I haven't been playing a lot really, uh, I've been still having my vision woes. Uh, but I, I recently got back on Overwatch. They have another out update out now, and I'm really enjoying it again. I, I think that's going to be the thing with this. I'm gonna I'm gonna play it for weeks on end. I'm gonna forget it exists, and then they're gonna put something out. I'm gonna pick it back up. I, I can I can totally see that being the thing. Um, other than that, I, I really haven't gotten into many other games. Um, I played this one. I, I tried to play this one uh, as as much as possible. Um, I've restarted uh, Psychonauts also.
2: What?
1: Uh, yes, I've restarted that. Um, I, I, well, why the disbelief?
2: I I just I that's that's one of those things I just don't randomly expect to hear from you. Is just like I've, I've restarted Psychonauts in well, twenty sixteen.
1: Yeah, th- well, this is uh, this is many years coming. Yeah, I had this on the PS two. Uh, and I played through it i I got through pretty far. um I would go on to find out you know I was you know just a couple of levels away um and I had a memory card mishap, and I never picked it back up again until years later and and once again, I got to about the same spot, and I think I moved or something, and I just never picked it up after that. Uh, I think I got a new system shortly after. So many a year i've been been trying to finish this thing off, and I'm determined to do it now and and I'm having a go at it I mean there's nothing wrong with it. I never stopped because I, I wasn't enjoying it it's just It's one of those things where I, you know I'm playing a game I enjoy but but things come up or, or a setback comes up like that, and I just I just never get back into the swing of it
0: It's a game that I, I can't imagine not finishing so I'm, I'm amazed that you've gotten through it uh, several times and not finished it. When you say a memory card issue, does that mean you accidentally saved over it or were using one of those ridiculous memory cards with like eight times the storage of a regular memory card that deletes now, everything?
1: Now, you recall my Final Fantasy VII story. I never went to a third party after. Now, this was a, an official, you know, Sony memory card that, that shit it out on me. You know, and I lost maybe like half my saves off of it.
0: That would, that would be a deal breaker. I would throw my system out the window. It was close. Uh, but not for not for Psychonauts. I, I think I've beaten Psychonauts several times. I saw that it is on sale on the one of the mm-hmm. PlayStation sales right now. I guess by the time this is posted, it will be over uh, being on sale. But I, I looked at it and considered getting it, but I already have it like in three different versions, so I'm going to hold off on buying that again. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've been playing a lot of uh, a lot of PS4. Now that I have it, I've got to catch up. I have got a lot to do. A lot of Dark Souls three. Uh, not a lot to say about it. If, if, if you don't like Dark Souls, it's not going to change your mind. I think, uh, but I love it absolutely. Um, playing some more Uncharted 4 again it's the second one I've played I like it a lot what i spent a lot more time than I expected to be doing lately considering it's not on PS4 is Dragon Quest 7 I bought that because it, uh, you know, it was buy 2 get 1 free at Target when I bought the PS4 games and I wanted this for a while and I, I was like yeah alright I'll, I'll get it for free and even though it's not really for free I could have picked a different game for free but I, I love it but it is I don't know if you guys have played any of the Dragon Dragon Quest Dragon Warrior games I've only played the first one and this one but this game is slow this game is painfully slow. I mean, I'm enjoying it, but I, I still feel like I'm in an introduction to the game, and I'm probably 20 hours in.
2: Hmm. I it, think that's that's really, like, the worst thing about the Dragon Dragon Warrior games. It's just, it, it's they start so slow. It takes forever to get into those games, and, uh, you know, I don't know if it's just a thing that happens with those, you know, the Dragon Quest, Dragon Warrior games, or whatever, but... It it just seems like that's that's the main thing that keeps me from really getting into those games and most JRPG games they take a while to get into you know it seems like you're just like three or four hours of just in that first town you know or, or doing introductory quests or something like that it's not my favorite thing but those that series of games seems like it takes it it really <laughs> just takes its sweet time to get going.
0: Well, you know, I, I mean people complain Final Fantasy 13 for example. Oh yeah, it takes 60 hours to get into the game and I would agree with that because the first 60 hours you're basically just watching a movie and you hit hit, hit x a bunch. But this this is not that bad. Like I feel like I'm playing from the after the first hour and a half that was literally just talking to people in towns. The, then you actually get into the game and it actually feels like okay, great, I'm playing, you know, you get some starter abilities, you you find your party members, you slowly grow, but it seems like it's like they get spend an hour or more on each thing you learn. So I'm I'm about twenty hours in, and I've you know I feel like I've got like six attacks, and it's I, I spend an hour learning each attack, I guess. Uh, but this, the the story's slowly unfolding. But but that said, I'm enjoying it. I, I kind of like that it's something I can just I'm not in a rush to beat. I'm just taking my sweet time with it. Uh, which means when I have to do things like play this week's game, I can focus on that for a short burst of time, and then go back <laughs> into just trying to mindlessly level
2: in a in a good old JRPG. But what have you been playing, Jeremy, since the last time? Well, me and Billy need to have a discussion right now because last hey. week or la- last podcast, he mentioned uh, everybody's gone to the rapture. Yeah, yeah, which, yeah, yeah. So that is what is commonly uh, you know referred to as a walking simulator. You essentially just walk around and find the the story to the game and, and the characters or whatever. You can't really die. You know, you're not really doing much uh, other than just walking from one section to another exploring and and fleshing out the actual story to the game. Now, I played about An hour or an hour and a half of uh, Everybody's Gone to the Rapture. And I was really into the story. But I absolutely could not stand playing that game. And at at the end of, by the time an hour and a half rolled around, I was like, I'm not getting anything out of this besides just the story, which I really like. So I stopped playing. I turned the game off. And then I went. To like and just found a really good plot synopsis of everything, and I read through the entire thing, and I was like, I don't. You know, that's great. I love the story. I loved how it, you know the the plot synopsis and everything, but I don't think that I would have missed anything. Like if I played through that entire game the way it was wanting me to, all the way to the end, I don't think that I would have gained anything. Playing through it rather than just reading that plot synopsis. Oh, this
1: this this is absurd.
2: <laughs> so so hold on, I'm going somewhere with this. <laughs> now, I I got a like a random like ten dollar credit on on PlayStation Network. It was just like here here's like ten bucks. I don't know why. So I ended up buying Firewatch, which is what you would consider another walking simulator. Now I thought I would have the same kind of reaction to this game that I did with uh, everybody's gone to the Rapture, but. For some reason, I was so enthralled with this game that I played all the way through in in the the four-hour sitting that it takes to play through it And, and never, ever thought that I needed to go out and find a plot synopsis or anything like that. And what I have come to discover is that I think if I'm going to play a walking simulator, that I need to have some presence in that world. Now, in Everybody's Gone to Rapture, you aren't really anything that I can tell. I've read several plot synopsis and all this stuff. No one really seems to know what the hell you are besides just a camera walking through that world and, and discovering the story and, and what happened in that game. In uh, like something like Firewatch, you are an actual person. And even like the other games that I played, like Gone Home, you are an actual person in that world. You're a character that's exploring. You you feel like you are, you know, someone that is discovering something. You have a presence in that world. And I think that's what I need in these walking simulators. I need to see that I am an actual character, that I can interact in that world rather than just walking from one point to another and discovering the story that has already happened. And I that's just one of those things that, you know, I... I it just seems like that's what makes those games work for me, and I don't know if you. I know you really loved Everybody's Gone to Rapture. Oh yeah, um, but that's just something for me that I, I it it really seems to make me want to play that game more if I feel like I have a presence in the world.
1: Well, you know, I, I think, and I can't even I can't even be angry with him because I feel so bad for him <laughs> that, that he that he missed out on such an amazing game. How fucking nice looking is that thing?
2: though? Oh, man, I mean, it's an amazing looking game. I just, I felt like I was a camera the the whole time, Uh, you know, that I was a a virtual uh, tour guy that was going around and, you know, I'd stop and take some screenshots and and move on to the next thing. But that's really all, you know, all I was really getting out of it. it was just this really slow walking camera.
1: Maybe, maybe that doesn't bother me because that's, that's how I feel in everyday life. <laughs> like a, like a, like I'm nothing just, just a camera floating around observing <laughs> maybe it's a very sad statement maybe I'm the one who's in the wrong maybe that's a very sad statement about the way I feel but I I, I don't know and I'm going to try this this firewatch out and and see what it's all about and and Jeremy I'm just I'm going to let it slide <laughs> I'm gonna let it slide because you like that gone home which I also enjoyed <laughs>
2: I love Gone Home. That's a that's a great. I uh, I really enjoyed it. Uh, you know, there's there's definitely some similarities uh, with with Gone Home and Firewatch as far as like how the game concludes and everything. I don't want to spoil it, but I I absolutely love playing through Firewatch. Um, there's there's a lot more interactivity to it than than your usual kind of walking simulator. You know, there's there's almost like this kind of Metroid esque kind of feel to it. Not much at all but you know there's there's definitely sections you can't get to unless you find something like an axe or or something to uh, like a rope to climb down or something like that you know it's it's not anything major but um so far i think firewatch is my favorite walking simulator and if you're into those kind of games i would i would totally recommend it
1: well i'm gonna try it out then because uh, everybody's gone to the rapture is currently my favorite one and and i guess we just had different experiences um it, it hits what I appreciate in a game. And, and yeah, I would spend like five minutes at a time just looking at some flowers and and elbowing my wife and say, hey, look at this shit real quick. And she got very annoyed with me <laughs> over, the course, over the course of this game, I believe. Like You can only be told to look at this tree so much. Uh, I guess when you could look outside and there's a billion real trees to be seen. But that tree's right.
2: really pretty, though. It's it's a nice-looking tree.
1: So much nicer than real trees.
0: Well, it's okay to have different opinions on a game, because sometimes, you know, there's just things you do or don't like about a game. But I think this episode's game, Galgo 13, Top Secret Episode, it all hit us exactly the same way. And I don't necessarily want to say if that's good or bad. <laughs>
1: You know what? Every, every, every episode before it begins, I pep talk myself and and I tell myself, you know, this is going to be the episode where you don't show your hand right at the beginning. You know, you, you don't make it so obvious. So there, there's a little suspense at the end as to whether or not you think it's a, a game worth playing through. And, and I do this every time and I always blow it every time. And, and this is going to be no different. Um, oh. who, uh, I, I swore up and down this had to be a Jeremy P. childhood favorite, uh, the level of it. But no, so a listener did this to us.
0: A listener did this to us. But but to your credit, I did own this as well. <laughs> so so uh, this this wasn't a favorite of another, mine. This another was a, piece of the puzzle. This was a, even at the time a regretted purchase. Uh, it actually the same uh, the same birthday uh, that I picked up the Guardian Legend. I got Galgo thirteen and and quickly. The Guardian Legend became the game I chose. And maybe that explains why I liked the Guardian Legend so much because it was either that or this. And therefore, the Guardian Legend's a much better game, a much, a much better uh, example of a great game as opposed to this game, which is uh, kind of a mess. It's, it's a mess. Yeah. And I
1: think uh, uh, Jeremy P has used the word ambitious to describe it. I think that's the only good word he can come up with. Um, Yeah, this is, uh, you know what? Yeah, this, (laughs) this is bad. This is is so bad. And we'll, we'll talk about it. I think, I I guess we're all on the same page unless someone is just is, is really keeping a a, a close secret and is going to reveal they like this one. But I can say, and I'll start with this. This may be praise. It may not be. I have never played anything like this before.
0: I don't want to say I haven't played anything like this. One, because i would played this before. But just in general, the, the idea that this is a game that has many different phases and different gameplay styles all, all smashed together. I mean, that's every current game, pretty much. Um, however, this was on a Nintendo, so it uh, it didn't have the capability to be a game that has a, a, a shooting section and a driving section and a, you know all the things that every open-world game now has. Uh, this this attempted to do all those things, and I don't know if it succeeds in any of its phases. Uh, but at least it tried. It tried very hard to be a a narrative, cinematic experience on the Nintendo. There aren't many games that I can say attempted that to the level this game tries to really
2: be a movie. Yeah, and I think that's that's like the big thing. You know, I I think we all hate this game. I think we're going to get this. You know, right out there in front is it just we, this is not a great game, but, All right, you know, what's the next know, it really <laughs> tried, you know, it did a lot. It, it, it did a lot. And there's, you know, if there's one thing that I can really say that I really enjoyed about it was uh, it, this is this is not a kid's game for the Nintendo. This is a very mature uh, game, you know, a mature story, you know, mature characters, mature subject matter. You never ever saw that on the NES. It was, you know, this is definitely something that is, uh, different. That's <laughs> about the best I could say for you. This is a very different game than what you would ever play on the NES. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll get into it. But, uh, yeah, overall, this is, uh, this is definitely not your average NES style game.
0: Yeah, not at all. I think, it, it, I don't want to say adult game because that comes across as that there's just, cartoon dicks everywhere but it's it's definitely a mature game that's a good way to put it this was like a very japanese take on the james bond sort of character you know it's he's a one-man army sent by a mysterious organization to to stop another mysterious organization uh, and that that's that's what this is it starts out uh, you see a helicopter explode over the uh, statue of liberty and on that helicopter apparently was some sort of secret virus that the cia created uh, and the, the only thing found in the wreckage was not anything remaining of the virus, but one bullet from an M16. So for whatever reason, the world has decided that, that you as Golgo 13, uh, a.k.a. Duke Togo, must have been behind this because you're <laughs> the super spy that uses an M16. Now, I would also argue if you're a super spy, not everyone should know who you are or what weapon you use. Uh, that seems like it's a bad idea, to be honest, to be a super spy and share that with everybody. So you're being framed for this crime. But the organization that you work for, named Fixer, uh, has decided that you aren't behind it. Someone's trying to frame you, uh, and therefore it must be the Agents of Drek, uh, which is, of course, what you'd come up with as a bad uh, a bad enemy's name. Uh, and so you're sent to, uh, I think it's Germany or Russia to start the game off with, uh, because one of your agents there has a tip. Condor has learned a tip, and so you're supposed to find him. He's hiding somewhere because the forces of Drek are also looking for him. and. And that gets you right into the start of the game, which is a standard NES side scroller. At first glimpse, oh you, fuck! You can you <laughs> go left to right, you can shoot, uh, and you can jump. And the, you can uh, jump. You can yeah. jump a good twenty feet. Away. <laughs> yeah, you are a superhuman jumper. That also has some bizarre leg shape when you jump. Um, but you, when you are jumping, you can't fire if you are jumping and you push the fire button. You do like this really awkward jump kick. But those are your two standard NES buttons. Uh, combination moves, and it, again, until you really dig into this, to what you're supposed to be doing, you are, are walking from one side of the screen to the other, and then guys will sometimes come on screen and shoot at you and you have to awkwardly fight them. Uh, I, I don't know if anyone found the actual basic combat comfortable. I found it always to be extremely difficult for no good reason.
2: This is like the worst version. Like it, it re- At first, it really reminded me of a really shit version of uh, Rolling Thunder. Like you know that that it's got that same kind of weird kind of slow pace to it. You jump twenty feet in the air. Um, you know you sh- you fire one single bullet at, at a time. You know that's really what it reminded me of. But just the absolute worst that you could have ever made that game. And I, I thought you know if this is what this game is going to be to the end, then you know it's already bad. But it it definitely had a few surprises <laughs> left up its sleeve from there on out. Oh, it's not even starting to show you the
0: surprise it has. Every card that it can pull out of its sleeve, you don't even know there are cards up there yet. You, you'd still think this is just some kind of literal, you know, kind of an awkward playing action game. But so you'll go through the map, uh, you know, left to right, and as you get to certain spots, uh, it'll come up and say like, "Oh, this is you know the Dorchester Hotel or whatever it's called," and. You'll go into these buildings, and sometimes a guy will say, there's no one here. Sometimes there's nobody there. Sometimes you'll run into somebody uh, who will who will give you a tip on what to do. So the first real person you run into uh, is, a, is a female spy from Fixer who's like, oh, go all the way back to this first place you went. And there's a guy hiding there. That's where you want to find him. Literally the place you walk by at the very beginning of the game after walking through three or four screens of awkward combat. Uh, she's like, oh, yeah, go back. And unfortunately, when you have to go back is where you run into uh, what I think is supposed to be like a, a a gun game, like a regular light gun game style section, but it's not made for the light gun. You move around your little crosshairs with the D-pad uh, instead of having a light gun, but it, you can't move your your crosshairs fast enough, really, as you would with a light gun, so it just ends up being really 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 awkward to try to to take down the the enemies in this section compared to if they would have just made it a light gun section it's
2: if you're not paying attention if you're missing the first few shots you're out you're done and you have to well, restart if you're not paying attention like you know this light gun section i'm just going to call it a light gun section because that's what it reminds me of but, you know, it goes into it's almost like a JRPG game. You're, like, you're just walking around and then suddenly um, a, a gun scrolls up from the bottom of the screen. And that indicates you're going to go into this shit ass light gun game where you are moving your controller around with a D-pad. And it at the bottom of the screen, it shows it's, it's kind of neat. Actually, it shows how many um, like foot, sol- foot soldiers or helicopters or other things are, are left for you to shoot. So you kind of have to scroll back and forth to find what you need to shoot. And it's it's really awkward, uh, you definitely. But at least you know exactly what you're looking for, because if there's people shooting at you, they're going to be on the ground. If, if it's helicopters, they're obviously in the air. But this game is so fucking awkward about everything that if you're just a, a tiny bit uh, just out of time or off time with it, the person will shoot you from the side of the screen, or the helicopter will suddenly show up from off off the top of the screen and shoot you with a missile. There's almost it's almost impossible to get through these sections without not getting hit like four or five times. It's 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 just maddening.
1: This was the this was officially the first time I thought about just calling it quits. <laughs> I, th- I think this is the first game where after playing it for a little bit, I seriously considered, uh, you know, getting on the chat and telling you guys, hey, maybe we can pick something else. This is, <laughs> yeah, I mean, this, <sighs> I'll use the word ambitious because that's the only positive word we can use. Yeah, I mean, this is, I mean, what they're going for is, is is very impressive if they can pull it off. Uh, shit. Uh, you know, the side-scrolling part's bad enough. This was just dismal. And you think, all right, maybe we're just going to alternate between you know, side-scrolling and the shooting.
0: Oh, there's more. Oh, there's, unfortunately, there's way more. <laughs> and, and like I said, the, the side-scrolling part, you walk through and, and attack, it feels uncomfortable and awkward. Eventually, you can learn how to play the game uh, in those sections to, to at least survive and make it through it. But there's still times where you're like, this, I can't, why can't I duck and shoot? Everyone that I'm fighting is ducking and shooting, and I'm incapable of doing that. Like all I can do is stand and shoot, or jump in the air and try to kick them in the head. And there's there's nothing I can do when they just slightly kneel down. Then they're they're invulnerable to everything I'm going to do. So that uh, the the shooter section's at least you know if you can see it, you can shoot it, you can hit it, no problem there. Um, one of the weird things uh, of many in this game is the way they do your life
2: bar. Yeah. So
0: you get you start the game with 200 hit points and a number of bullets, a, a large number of bullets, and through time, that health bar will go down naturally. If you just stand still and do nothing, it'll count from 200, 199, 198, and, and down to, to, to one. The only way to get life back is by killing something. If you can hurt somebody if you can kill someone, you'll get back a big chunk of your life. So when you get to those shooter, the light gun sections, if you can hit a guy real quick, you have to just scroll around and find like the nearest guy, kill him. It gives you enough life that you can take a few hits. But otherwise, if you get to those light gun sections and you've already been hit by a regular combat, you know you go into that section with only 98 life or 100 life, you're going to die in one hit. So you've got to make sure you go to those sections where you know they're coming because they're always in the same spot and, and you always you know, have enough life to take one hit so you can find someone, shoot him, and get enough life back to keep going. For whatever reason, maybe it's because they fire faster because it's on the ground. I don't know. But the, uh, the foot soldiers actually do a lot more damage than a helicopter. So you just ignore the <laughs> helicopters. You just kill all the foot soldiers you can, and then you can take out the helicopters one at a time, and they'll never do enough damage to you to kill you, ever. Unless you just literally let them hit you over and over again. But if you don't do anything in the first three seconds of those light gun sections, you're not going to catch up to the damage that they're doing to you with the damage you'll get back uh, from healing. It's a bizarre
2: way to do your health. It, it, are these sections like random or are they actually just these, <laughs> these random places? You know, when you're going through, um, you, you the side scrolling sections, there are these, uh, these certain parts where it just happens. I, I never could
0: figure it out. It is set parts. It's a okay. set space that it comes in, uh, depending which direction you're coming from, but they're always in the same spot. Okay. Uh, I did play this right. enough even before this podcast to, to know that, um, But I never really did figure out, like, oh, I'll map it out and be smart. I just knew I'd get two or three on the way to this building. Um, So, again, the the, the thing they're trying to do here is give you a narrative. So you're trying to figure out where this guy Condor is hiding in the city. So eventually, after enough of these, I think it's two each direction of the light gun sections and fight your way to get back to the very first building you pass, the very first subway station you passed. Uh, You'll meet this guy Condor who's supposed to give you a tip, but oh no, someone kills him before he gives you the final tip of, uh, of who's coming after you and why they're doing this. But he does say that uh, you need to go back and talk to someone at this hotel. So you go back to one of the hotels, which is where you run into the first sex scene in the game. Oh yeah. Now it's a Nintendo (laughs) sex scene. And, and it's not graphic by any way, shape, or form, but you gotta, still.
1: You've got to use the old imagination with it.
0: Right. It's always, and this happens several times in the game, you'll go to a hotel, you'll run into a female agent who gives you the tips that you need to do in her hotel room, and then she's like, but there's nothing you can do about it tonight. You know we should just make tonight about <laughs> us, because we don't get a lot of time to think about ourselves. And then it goes to this outside view, which shows your two characters embrace, and then the lights go out. And then your health fills to full, which I always thought was funny. But... Uh, but, yeah, it's, it's the first sex scene in the game, but she tells you, oh, you need to go back to uh, this river, and there's a secret base under the river. And that's where you get to another section of the game, which is an underwater scuba section. Oh, Lord help us. Just, <laughs> God. Oh, man. You know, every
1: if this was a modern-day game, I, I would be excited every time a, a new section popped up. But this game is already, I've lost faith in it. It couldn't do the side-scrolling at the beginning right. You know, he couldn't do the the gun part right. Uh, I was horrified. I I was horrified when I got to this part. The reputation that, you know, underwater sections have in video games, uh, and coupled with this game, I was terrified what what I was going to play. I
0: actually don't think it's that bad. I think the underwater section of the game probably plays the best of all the sections they offer, um, but it's still a little awkward. Things come at an angle that you can't really avoid too well. You still have your ridiculous health bar that goes down naturally and goes up only when you shoot things. Uh, but what makes the underwater section honestly the worst, one, seaweed hurts you, which is always awful in every game. I think that's, I blame turtles for that for the rest of my life. Anytime there's a game where seaweed hurts you, I just want to throw the controller. Um, but you'll go through this underwater section, which does, of course, have more of those, what would be light gun sections, where you have to fight submarines with a with a spear gun. Uh, so you'll 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 go through those sections that somewhat feels almost the same as the other two D side scrolling sections, but at the end of this water section, you come to a fortress, and that's where it becomes a first person shooter, God. but a very slow first person shooter, almost like an old um, wizardry style uh, dungeon RPG. You know, it's like you go forward, it goes forward one block. And then you can look left or right, and then you can go forward again, and it goes up one block. And things that you're fighting will appear, like, right there. If you see, if there's a guy down the hallway with a gun, you won't see him until you're in the square with him. Uh, and it's a very, every block looks the same. These mazes are ridiculously hard to figure out.
2: This is, like, one of those things that you literally have to map out on graph paper if you want to even, like, figure out how to get through it. Now, I made it through... The entire first Russia section of the game before you move on, and you know it's it's a bullshit game all around. But then you get to this dungeon, and this was the first area of the game. You know when when it first when an NES game comes up with a first person's perspective, that's usually where you just have to stop and just like question what is happening in this game because it, it it's just the NES is not a first person style console. It is very much just what it does best, which is side scrollers and Mario style games. It, it, it blew my mind. You know, not only has this game just been a terrible side scrolling action game, not only has it been a terrible light gun game, not only has it been a terrible, uh, shooter game overall, but then it throws the first person shooter dungeon game on you and if anyone's played Fester's Quest on the NES, this is almost exactly oh, oh. like that. It's, it's yeah. exactly like the setup. You're, you're one frame. If you want to move forward, you are going to move one section forward. This is probably, you know, for any younger people listening to this that, that think about first person games, you know, you think it's it's kind of smooth and you're moving through. No, you're, you're not doing that at all. This is very much just you press forward and you move a, a maybe like a square forward if you if you have like know what graph paper is that's what you're doing you're just moving to the next square and in in the size of these things you know there's multiple levels there's multiple things items that you can find in these dungeons that it it's absolutely impossible to move through these these sections unless you are mapping them out or you just get lucky or something I don't know but this was the point in the game where I was just like I can't I, I don't think I can actually keep playing this game anymore after this. I, you know, I made it through it, but after that, I was just like, "This is—you've tested my patience, Golgo Thirteen. I, I can't do this anymore."
1: Yeah, this is this is it. This is the culmination of everything, and, and I was playing that, and that's also—I that, think that was my breaking point. I went on for a little bit longer, but I was I was running on fumes at this point in time. I I was already, you know, trying to pull up the YouTube video to finish this thing up. But, yeah, I I thought about games like fucking Friday the 13th, Fester's Quest. And, you know, the saddest thing when I was thinking about Fester's Quest, I thought to myself, I would rather be damn playing Fester's Quest right now.
0: Well, then you're going to love next week's game, Billy. But I <laughs> no, I wouldn't do that to anybody, including myself. I am not going to play Fester's Quest. There has to be some valid reason to play it, and uh, other than just to torture ourselves, so that won't be coming up. And uh, a
1: note to any listeners: we will not honor the request to play uh, <laughs> Fester's Quest
0: unless you donate to our <laughs> to our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> then we will gladly play Fester's Quest. No, but uh, the the first dungeon you get to, if you go through the underwater stage and you stay. Just literally left to right at the very end of the right uh you know, wall of that section is where this fortress is. And I'm I'm assuming that's the one you went to, Jeremy. And I don't know if you if you got past all this Billy or if you kinda got through this first dungeon and were like, I don't even know what's going on. As a kid, this is as far as I ever got. I got to this dungeon and I, I even got out of it many times, but but it never went anywhere. It's like you just kind of do a big circle and it spits you back out in the water, and I'm like, what is the I I didn't find the person I'm supposed to find. I I couldn't do anything. That's because that's a fake base. You'll map the whole thing out, and there's nothing in there. There's nothing to do there but go through traps and kind of figure out how the dungeons work. Because it turns out in the water section you just went through, and that you're back into when you go through this first fake, uh, fake underground dungeon section, you can go down, and there's a whole other layer to the underwater section. I never knew this, and I played this game easily for like three years when I was a kid, on and off. And I never knew you could go down a level in
2: the water. Yeah, I had to watch uh, a playthrough because I was just like, "What you know, I, uh, <laughs> this doesn't make any sense. Why am I just circling around to this thing? And by that point, I had just lost all patience with this game completely. So I I turned to a, a long play on YouTube to see what I was doing wrong. And and yeah, it, it's just a, a whole nother level downstairs, essentially.
0: And why would you think you could do that? It doesn't make any sense to me. No. I mean no. – you know, I, I, we talked about Goonies 2 before. It, same thing kind of happens there, but for some reason there it made sense to me and it was fine. Maybe it's because it's a Metroidvania-style map anyway, so you're used to going up and down. This game never offers that until this point. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh yeah, I can go down, why not? It, it's, it was infuriating when I figured out, like, it's like maybe I would have gotten farther with this game as a kid. I, I didn't really have a lot of problems once I realized how it played up to this point. I just never could figure out what to do. Uh, no, it turns out I'm wrong, because if you do go to that bottom base... It's way worse. It's another <laughs> 2D side-scrolling action section with the, the weird jump and the pistol. But now you're fighting against missiles that just shoot out of the ceiling and hurt you for immense amounts of damage. There are laser guns you can do nothing about other than try to jump over awkwardly. And then there are people that fly around in these little contraptions and
2: throw boomerangs at you.
0: It makes no sense. I don't know where... <laughs> what, but like, this
2: is like where the game decides it wants to be an actual action game. You know, you've got... Uh, several sections to this game. So you've got like the the very beginning where it's like the you're wandering around Russia. You can call that the exploration, you know, section of the game. You're you're it's not really heavy action. Occasionally somebody will shoot at you, but you can jump over their bullets and kill them pretty easy. You know, second, you've got the light gun stage, you know, that that kind of happens in between while you're ex- exploring to kind of mix that up. All right. And then you've got the um we didn't really mention it, but you've also got a uh, kind of a shooter stage, you know, where you're flying in a fucking plane. Uh, you know, you're 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 actually shooting at other planes. It's like a shooter stage you, and that happens randomly. And besides that, you've also got the underwater stages, the underwater exploration stages. You know, they're not terrible, but god damn it, they're annoying as shit. You've got the first person dungeons, um, they're, which is just unforgivable. They're awful. And then you've get, finally got these actual action stages where the game wants to be a a side-scrolling action game. But it's still the same kind of horrible controls that are in the exploration stages and stuff like that. It just, it doesn't feel good. There's no way to actually just kind of dodge anything that's shooting at you. You're going to take hits constantly. Uh, it, It just, it's not fun getting into this point i was just like all right maybe this game's finally going to hit its stride where it can just be a full-on nes side-scrolling action game but no no it's it's just still the same awkward controls same weird jump same single bullet uh, shot that you can do it it's not fun all you can do is just take take hits and hope that you can kill the thing that's in front of you before you die
0: much i mean that that's unfortunately how the game boils down most of the time is just if i can get through this screen and get you know kill this guy and get enough life to keep going you know hopefully i'll get far enough to where if i die because you only have the one life when you die it goes back to the title screen but it'll say you know instead of saying galgo 13's top secret mission one it'll say galgo 13 top secret mission number two and it it keeps adding up all the times you die. So hopefully when you die and you continue, you're kind of at the same screen you were at before, at least, or the same section. You're not going to lose a lot of progress. I didn't know this, and and I saw this on Wikipedia, so there's a chance that it's not correct. I do want to put that out there. But apparently you have 52 lives, and if if you go through all 52 (laughs) lives, then it starts (laughs) you back again at the beginning. So that's not anywhere in the manual. I I had the manual. I looked at the manual, and I checked it again for this that never says that anywhere. So imagine if you really spent the time to play through this game, which is long. I mean there's there's you know the sections are long. even if you knew what you were doing, it's a lot of walking back and forth and some some awkward combat. you, you have to listen to what everyone's saying when you talk to them. There's no way to make it go faster. There are long sections of this game. no continues, uh, I mean no no uh, passwords, no saves. you got to do this all in one long sitting. Which, again, now seems ridiculous, but for the NES wasn't that ridiculous. But if you die that 52nd time, it goes back to the title screen and it says number one, and it starts you off in the first city again. That would, I would be. Set that
2: fucking game on fire. <laughs> it at that would point.
0: be the absolute worst game on the planet. And I think this might be the worst game we've played so far in this podcast.
1: Uh, hands down. I, you know, rarely on. We've played some bad ones. Uh, we've really. Played some bad ones on here. Uh, and, you know, General Chaos. <laughs> <laughs> Bayou, Bayou Billy. Uh, we have played just some some stank games on here. We played some really good ones like Mansion of Hidden Souls. But then, <laughs> yeah, this one. But Rare, when we were playing these games, did I just stand, sit there and wonder? It's like, what am I doing? You know, what am I doing with my time? Uh, this game just makes you just... Question: Whether you like video games or not, whether you really enjoy them, this is just a—it's a terrible game. Nothing they try on here, and they try a whole shit ton. I mean, nothing, nothing works. Uh, they just did not master anything. I don't know even if they—they they spent the time and focused on one part, if it would even be good. Uh, this is just a poorly made, poorly made game. And uh, most enjoyment you can get out of it is maybe. Yeah, maybe there's sex scenes. I don't know.
3: Uh.
0: <laughs> uh, I mean, I do like that it's trying to tell uh, an involved narrative. You know, it doesn't assume that you need to read the start of the manual to know what you're doing, and then you're just going to jump on mushrooms until you get to the end of the game. I mean, this this tries to give you just the bare bones to start your game, and then you really have to explore those those exploration sections where you awkwardly fight people as you go building to building. Really do tie a story together. Now it's it's a crazy story, and it's almost impossible to follow and after the first section, the first section is pretty easy because there's only like five buildings total and they kind of tell you exactly what to do. But after you finish that whole section, you go through the first maze and then there's another weird shooter section. You end up in Greece. And in uh, in Greece, there's a much more involved map. The map has like three or four layers to it. There are sections where you're not sure where to go. You just have to kind of keep wandering until you eventually find someone in one of these buildings who will be like, oh, thanks, you're finally here. You need to go back to this building. It's over on the other side of this building. And that's when you have to figure out what you're supposed to go. You don't know the names of half these buildings unless you were writing them down. Even if you did, the other side of the building means what? There's either literally the left side of a building you're on the right side of, or it means are you going two layers deep in this map because you walk in and out of the screen for the layers of the map. Does it mean the layer past? this building what does it mean so there's a lot of parts in greece where i just had to wander around until i figured out you know found somebody that would talk to me i did get through it i have to say i I got past greece which is a lot it's a very long series of that exploration slash light gun sections Uh, and then you go back underwater and find an underwater base which is another awful first person map uh, that leads back to underwater section and then it just continues over and over again until I got to an underwater section that was so big that I got lost, and I had about five of those light gun sections in a row, and I just said, you know, this is the first game for this podcast that not only am I not going to finish, I'm not even going to see what else happens. I don't care. I'm going to look at the very end of the game just to see, like, is this ending that great? Is the last boss this amazing thing I'm going to miss out on? Uh, I don't know if you guys both checked out the very end of this game, but if I would have made it to this last boss, I don't know if I would have beaten him because it seems like it's like a five minute encounter.
1: I had no interest. Yeah, you know, I, when I finished this, I thought when I finished playing, I thought, well, maybe I'll look up a video, kind of scroll through, and no, I, I really didn't have much of a look at it afterwards. Which is which is a first. I mean, I haven't finished every single game we've reviewed on here, but I have at least gone through and and you know took a look at the the like you said the last boss, the ending. I could
2: really care less on this one. Nothing was going
1: to redeem this game. Well, the I ending- Actually,
2: I, I have a question. Sure. Um, and this is something we haven't even, uh, another weird section of the game that we have not talked about yet that just suddenly comes up in the game. The sniper section. <laughs> <laughs> what do you do in this? Like, I don't, is it just, do I not have to do anything? Or do I, I it just seemed like it was like, it just happened. And I don't really think I did anything, and I was really confused as to what happened. You know, at, at the end of the first level or something, it comes up, you know, with this kind of neat little cinematic that, you know, that it's time to snipe somebody. You're going to snipe the person that's it's responsible for all this bullshit in Russia. And, you know, it, it shows you come up, and you're just in this super weird kind of sniper rifle aim and I at that point I didn't know what I was doing. The game kind of shows like a little, uh, squir- a box at the top that was like you, you got to press A to zoom in or or whatever it was. But I didn't understand what the hell I was doing when that happened. Somehow I passed it. I don't know how, but it just happened, and I was like, well, I guess that that was a thing. It is infuriating what that section is. So you after the first
0: flight section, that's like the shooter. Uh, where you fly and take out airplanes and stuff, you get to the part where you're supposed to snipe off this helicopter, uh, a guy off a building who's going to snipe your contact in Russia. And it says you you fly by, on the overall screen, you fly by one big building. It looks like the top of the Empire Strait building or whatever. And so then you're in the helicopter, and you'll you'll point at that building, and you you can't get any closer. It's like, use the D-pad to get closer to the building. What they mean is hold to the left or right, and you'll eventually just keep scrolling over until eventually it's like it gives you a bigger version of that same building. Oh, my God. No, I thought it was that there were two buildings there. Yeah, but I was like, but they don't show me a second building. How would I know to look for a second building? But no, it's it's that that's when you hold down the right or left button, it it zooms in slowly by essentially rotating you all the way around <laughs> until you're back in front of the building, <laughs> Jesus and it's Christ zoomed in where you can again. see the sniper, and oh. then you basically just go put your mouse over or mouse your your cursor over it and hit the A button and you snipe him. It's it's totally again for the purpose of a narrative. Okay, I can I can live with that, but it it seemed. It, there's no skill involved because no, it's like if you take too long he'll snipe your guy. There's nothing else involved. It's just right. you keep doing it until eventually you figure out, oh, if I push over to the right all the way there's another building. And then you just angrily continue to see how this game's going to go and it never gets any better. It's a lot of things like that in this game where they, you could tell they had a, an idea that this is where they want this game to go and, and here's how you get the narrative there but they didn't spend a lot of time on the actual implementation of getting you there. It, in that way only does this remind me of Deadly Premonition. Because there's a lot in <laughs> Deadly Premonition where you can tell, like, I want you to get through this section and this is what's next, even though it's crazy. But then the actual implementation of getting you there was, they took 20 minutes to code. And that that's what this whole game feels.
2: It's just, there's no reward like there is in Deadly Premonition. It's just more of the same. You know, once you get past Russia, you're just going to go into a more involved stage of what you just did, of the various weird shit that you just did in in Russia, you know, you're just gonna do it again over and over, it's just gonna get harder and more obtuse and and that just seemed like what was gonna happen and yeah, like I was like you, I got to uh, Greece or whatever was after Russia, I was just like, I can't I can't do this, this is just it, it's just the same thing over and over again, I can't just continue playing this fucking game because it's just, it's so so bad, I can appreciate all the little things that it does you know, or wants to do. It's super ambitious. It is incredibly ambitious for an NES game, but it, nothing, nothing comes together. Besides maybe the story, or the overall story of it. You know, it kind of definitely does feel like a James Bond style story to it. But everything else, just it's it's so completely unenjoyable.
1: Yeah, this is. I can't name. I mean, the story's okay. Yeah, the story, it's not groundbreaking by any means, but uh, I mean, it's probably the one of the you know best attempts at a, at a lengthy narrative like that on the NES. But yeah, I guess the story is the only thing we can really come together on is being as being good. But shit, yeah,
0: this this listener put it on us. He put it on us bad too. And I think it was intentional because as I I sent him a message saying, you know, this game is very very awful. He said, yeah, I know. And apparently he never <laughs> got past the first section. He never even got through the first shooter section. He, uh, he just thought, wow, someone else is going to play this terrible game. And so he, he forced it on us. So yeah. thanks, listener Marty, for giving us this amazing game uh, that we, <laughs> we can all agree <laughs> is not very good. I will say if you do manage to, to get to the—if anyone's ever gotten to the last fight of this game, it is another one of those light gun sections— where you fight against a cyborg who keeps coming back to life in these tubes. And I don't know how you'd ever figure out how to fight him, ever. It's a long fight that you basically have to keep fighting him off until he dies, and then you can take a few shots at parts of the tube, but only certain parts of the tube. And when you break all the tubes, then it kind of transfers into this other computer thing. It looks awful. It looks like it would be a fight I never would have figured out. Uh, even now, with a, with like a guide, I don't want to try it. It looks terrible. Uh, so it's good to know this game never gets better. And I think the ending you earn after that is basically like, and everything's okay now. The end. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? This is going to post... I don't know if we're going to hit before
1: Thanksgiving with this one or after. But, shit, if it's before, I've got some news. Just when you gather around the table or at work or if you're still in school and they want to ask you what you're thankful for this year, if you have not played this one, there you go. You never played fucking Galgo 13. And that's something to be thankful for this year.
2: You know, I've, I, I've got a hypothetical question here uh, for both of you. So, like, if I think we could probably maybe all agree that the the worst, most terrible part of this game is the exploration bullshit and going back and forth in these, these large maps. If this game didn't have those exploration aspects to it. If it was just completely wiped out and it was more of just a straight up action style game like you know the the game kind of gets into later on in each stage, would you be less harsh on it if it did not have those sections?
0: No, cuz I think those sections or where the story is. So you don't want to... You don't mean like the first-person sections. You mean the exploration... Yeah, just the, like
2: the, the wandering back and forth across these huge screens where, you know, you sometimes get the the light gun sections.
0: No, I, I think that's the only part of the game I, I appreciate, because that's where the story comes in. I like that they're trying to get you to, to, to remember where things are and remember the layout so you can go back and, you know, you, you should be able to... You know, like I found some speedruns of this game that were like an hour and ten minutes, which is long for a speed run on an NES game. But... But they, they, I mean, they, they never made a, a mistake on where to go when I watched the parts that I wanted to see. And I, and I had to just remember where things were and what the things were named. I, I like that. I like that the story was there. It, it's just that everything attached to that is, is unenjoyable. It's, it's like reading a book because you know you're going to like the last chapter, but the rest of the book in the middle is just awful. Just going through details of garbage you don't care about, their day-to-day lives for people. But you know that last chapter is going to be so good. And you, you hope it's so good you're going to read through the rest of this. Uh, but unlike, you know, unfortunately, it's, it's a book that ends badly as well. So you just, you've just you just wasted your whole day.
1: <laughs> yeah, there's no redeeming this. I, I don't think there's a, a single part you could take out uh, that would improve it. I, the, even if you take one part out, the exploration, or if you took the first-person part out or, or anything, you still just got to, you got to, a shit game you've just got a big pile of shit, but you just took a shovel and got rid of just a little bit of it, <laughs> it it's still awful,
2: and see for me like the the exploration parts were like by far the worst, like I could almost deal with those other things, but like just there were definitely times where i I didn't know where I was supposed to be going, so I would just wander back and forth to these places and be like, all right, is this the section of the stage that I'm supposed to be in? you know am I supposed to go over here to this one? and then in between that you'd hit the uh, the light gun stages that would just hit, come up and you know that that took about a minute or two to complete it just seemed so tedious to get past those parts to get to the other parts but yeah i, I can definitely understand what billy's saying even if you took those parts out it would still just be a, another like three or four terrible parts of a game that someone threw in there that you would just be getting to I guess I'd just rather get to those parts quicker because I don't want to spend any more time playing this game. Mm. I do have to say,
0: though, I stand by that it's ambitious. It tries to do a lot, and I'd still say it's not worth playing for the sake of enjoying a game. But is it worth checking out because nothing else is quite like it on the Nintendo? I still think it's worth checking out for that. Uh, But that said, don't pay a lot of money for it and don't expect to enjoy it, and if someone actually has ever finished this game other than the guy who films his speedrun, I am <laughs> shocked because it's it's uh, because it's a game that on the actual system, you have no way to, to save your, your progress you'd have to just do all this in one sitting I don't know who would ever get to spend this much time to get that far into it, it it's crazy to me but uh, not not a game that I think we can recommend for the purpose of, of enjoying, and not one I'm ever going to play again now there is a sequel that came out for the uh, Nintendo as well, Galgo Thirteen: The Moffat Conspiracy. I don't know anybody who's played one second of it. Uh, it does look prettier; the the screenshots look better. But uh, I don't know anything about it, and I'm never going to review it for this podcast. Sounds good to me.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, for next week, we're going to go back to a game that we've uh, that Jeremy has reviewed. On Retrovania.net, we did a full video of Tomba for the Sony PlayStation that got some comments that other people did not think he gave it a fair chance, uh, that his, his criticisms were not, uh, I don't want to say valid because they're criticisms, but, but criticisms were not warranted. Uh, and I actually happen to love this game, so I'm looking forward to playing it again, uh, with, and, and we can discuss, did Jeremy give this game a fair chance
2: when he did the video review? And we will discover that, yes, I did, because Tomba is pure fucking shit. So look forward to the next episode.
0: I think the problem is you didn't play Golgo 13 first. I think you're <laughs> going to be excited about how exciting and, and fun the Tomba is. Now, Billy, have you played Tomba before?
1: I have never played it before. I, I did not know anything about it before Jeremy's video. Uh, so I, I'm going to go in with a fresh perspective. I'm going to try to forget this game. Uh, I recommend everybody... All of us do that uh, because, yeah, I don't want it to kind of I don't want the cloud of
0: this to hang over Tomba and and to to influence my opinion wrongly. I am excited to see what Billy thinks. I know what Jeremy thinks. He knows what I think. And we're not going to change our opinions because I've definitely played through Tomba several times and he has hated it every time. But it'll be interesting to see what Billy thinks. Uh, But do we have a listener question for this week's episode?
2: We do, actually. And this one comes in from Nicholas4k. And he writes in to ask, hey guys, love listening to the show and all, but after the Kid Icarus episode, I got to wondering if there are any classic NES games that you absolutely loved back then, that if you played them today, you wouldn't like as much.
1: I mean, I think, I I think think that, uh, personally, I think, I mean, there's probably a handful, um, if, if I want to be completely honest, uh. To go back and play, I think a lot, of, a lot of the NES games, especially the ones that kind of uh, fell into being super repetitive, anything that had uh, you know, just a few levels that you kept repeating over and over again. Uh, I tried to go back and play Donkey Kong and uh, that maybe a month or so ago, and I just I couldn't do it. I don't know. I, I have less attention span now as an adult than I did as a child. And, you know, the first time you beat those first few levels and it starts over, uh, what's left? Uh, what's left? I don't have time to sit down and, and you know, amass a, a gigantic high score. Um, probably the biggest one, though, is, and I don't know if this is probably it's not considered a, a classic by any means, I fucking love that Metal Gear for the Nintendo. And, and I played that thing endlessly. My father played that thing. He called the Nintendo Power Helpline. On a couple of occasions over this game, and it just, it was everything around our house for for weeks. Uh, but everything I see about it now, it just, I don't think that's a game I could, could stomach for, you know, more than a few minutes. So yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of games, and and not because they're bad games, but just because I think I'm much different now um, as far as what I can tolerate and, and how long I can sit down and kind of do something super repetitive.
0: There are plenty of games that I think fit. That there are games I love now, but if I tried to play them now without mm-hmm. have ever playing them before, uh, would I still like them. I mean, games we've reviewed for this podcast. I think Guardian Legends a great example, and I'm I'm the only person that loved it, and and I still stand by that it's great. But clearly, that was kind of one of the reasons I kind of wanted to do that game, and why I wanted to do some of the games I picked is is this really a good game, or am I just a crazy person who was forced to play this over and over again, and now I love it? Um, I think. A, a, games that other people consider classics that i don't know if i would like at all if i had never played them before uh super mario brothers 2 is is a game that i i do love it and i've played through it a million times but even when it was new it took me a while to get into it i mean it had a lot of push on nintendo power and a lot of my friends had it you know but all of us were kind of like yeah this is not as good as mario but eventually you come around you like it um that said i don't know if i could play it from start to finish without warp zones and, and enjoy it, or if I would just get bored and turn it off, because it's very repetitive, it's very long, and it's very different from all the other Mario's. Um, you know, even uh, Castlevania 2 that everybody else on the planet but me hates, I, I love that game, but now I, I don't know if I have the patience to figure it out. I mean, again, when you only have one game to play for six months at a time, you'll spend the time to figure it out. Also, I'm pretty sure friends of mine had kind of figured out a few things to we talk to each other back and forth to figure out the game, but... If I would have bought that game now, I would think this is a broken mess. This game doesn't go anywhere. This doesn't do anything. So I'm sure there's plenty of classic games uh, that, that I would not appreciate now that I still love because
2: I played them a million times. I guess for me, you know, a, a lot of those, the games that I review on YouTube were, we're kind of me coming back to them and, and seeing what I would think. And one of them that I was actually really surprised that I shouldn't have been surprised with was uh, Top Gun. For the for the Nintendo Uh, as a kid, like, you know, that was like the game for me. Like, I loved that game. I I was a huge fan of the movie. Not so much of the movie, just because the the F-14 Tomcat that was in the movie. And I liked uh, that plane a lot. And that was one of the very few games back then that I could play that was like, you know, you're actually in that that fighter jet, you know, and and you can shoot things and shoot other jets and, and do cool stuff. And that is an all-time classic for me. But coming back to that game and then reviewing it, I was like, "This is probably one of the worst NES games that you could probably ever play." It's just horrible. It's not fun at all. Um, It's aged terribly. And you know, back when I was a kid, of course, I recommended it to. Everyone, I was like, you gotta play this game, you know. You, you're just you're a fucking F 14 Tomcat, you're literally blowing up an aircraft carrier and a spaceship, you know. It's amazing, but like, um, uh, coming back to it now, it's just it's not good. It, it's, I there's if I had never played it as a kid and played it now, I was just like, this is the absolute worst game that I, you could ever play on the Nintendo. But, uh, nostalgia goes a long way with some of these things, and. You can definitely still see, you know, if you played it back then, like I did, you can still see some of the reasons that you really enjoyed it, but you, it just doesn't hold up to to what it used to be. And, you know, that's that's kind of a shame with, with a lot of those games. And for those people that, that, you know, these days, like the kids, they're just like, how could you have liked this game? I, I think it might go a long way in understanding that nostalgia can really Make things better, even today, than, you know, what you would if you'd never played them. So, have mercy on us old motherfuckers that really enjoyed these terrible games, because we didn't really know any better at the time.
0: Well, at Top Gun, it's really not the fault of the game. The game is okay, but I just kept waiting for that volleyball scene that never happened. Oh, man. <laughs> That's what I kept playing for the whole time, and then eventually just ends. Actually, I never got past the the uh, in-air uh, Refueling—that was the hardest thing in any game ever, and I never got past
2: it. That whole game is just a mess. It's so weird. It's it's one of the just one of the weirder NES games that you just like. I, I think I said in the review, it's just a, a flight simulator. You know, it's trying to be an actual flight simulator that you would you'd expect on a PC game, not on an NES. And even the weird Top Gun Two sequel that came out on the NES was definitely much more of a, a fast-paced kind of action game. Still kind of in you know, you were in the cockpit and all this stuff, but you know, it was definitely more arcadey than what the first one was. You know, that, that first game was really weird. Um, but I loved it. I, I absolutely loved it as a kid. You know, it really immersed me more so than than many games back then. Actually I think that was the first game that really uh got me completely immersed in and in being in, in in like a the fighter jet. You know, you you were in the cockpit. Uh, but I'm rambling at this point, point. and I, I absolutely love that game. But today, anybody that played it would just be like, you're insane. No, no one would ever like this game. Well, please tune
0: in for our next episode when we're going to go for a game that one of us is guaranteed to hate. One of us is guaranteed to love. And we're not sure where Billy's going to fall on either side of it. Or if he's just going to say, you know what, this game is just pretty standard and boring and you guys are crazy people. I'm looking <laughs> forward to our review of Tomba for the sony playstation but until then uh, please check out our videos online at retrovania.net and follow us on facebook and twitter at retrovania.net and we will see you next time Let's read that again, Jesus Christ! I'm drawing blanks on shit that I shouldn't draw blanks on. That's what happens when you record at 10:45 at night, Jeremy. You're,
1: you're talking TV. about James Bond.
0: Thank you, Jesus Christ! <laughs> I was like thinking of every actor's name. I'm like, what is the character? I'm so stupid.